I started to understand how good it felt to be powerful in my body, to be strong, to be able to lift weights. But I didn't have the emotional or the dietary tools to really live a life well. And, you know, no surprise, I'm 21 years old. I graduated from high school three years prior and I'm at this party and I tried to lose weight for a long time and I just didn't have the education or the tools. And I'm drinking beer, Ali. I'm drinking beer out of this red party cup, you know, where people play like beer pong. <laughs> yep. And I slammed the cup down and I'm just like, I felt disgusted in my body. And I know people have felt this moment too, where like you look in the mirror or whatever it is, mine was cumulative. It's like I tried for over a year to let go and I couldn't let go. And so finally I was just like, I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want this. That is Josh Trent. And this is episode 221 of Wellness Force Radio. In this episode, we're flipping the tables. This is a complete twist on our normal shows. So for this special Friday episode, we're bringing you a conversation with myself being interviewed by Ali Reddy. She is the host of the Activated Life You Love podcast. And I loved this conversation. It resonated so deep with me for so many reasons. And I knew once she published it, it was going to bring you value. So I wanted to let you hear it. This is why we're reposting it here to our Wellness Force community, because let's face it, for the modern day wellness warrior, trusting ourselves, speaking our truth, allowing our brightest light to be seen is a huge part of discovering this physical and emotional intelligence. Now, this is why today I'm so honored to bring you this special podcast from Ali and myself, where I open up personally about finding the path of wellness force, what it's like to use my past events as fuel for my present moment, my struggles with anxiety, how reoccurring thought loops still pop up no matter how much work I've done and what the road ahead looks like for me and honestly, all of us that are walking this wellness path. We also talk about energy and vibration, certain laws that we all get to use every single day and some tactical things that you're going to be able to implement as soon as you're done with the show. This was such a gift to be able to share this conversation. I love Ali Reddy, the message she puts out online, and I know you're going to enjoy her questions to guide this conversation to the best place of truth, trust, and being seen. Make sure you check out Ali's website and her podcast at readyfit.com. R-E-T-I-F-I-T.com. Now let's step in with Ali Ready. Welcome back to the Ali Ready Podcast, episode number 93. Today I am chatting with Josh Trent of Wellness Force. Wellness Force is one of the top rated health podcasts of all time. Josh is a wealth of joy and wisdom and information that truly has the ability to impact your life in a really big way. We are discussing trust, truth, happiness, and really truly being seen. Here's a sneak peek at what's coming up. We are so drowning in information and inspiration, yet we're all starving for truth and connection. Hi, I'm Allie Reddy, former national fitness trainer, personal and group life coach to over 50,000 people, founder of Allie Reddy Events, and chaser of my most outlandish dreams. This is the place for you if you are ready to ask bigger and better questions of yourself so that you can truly activate a life you love. This is the place for you if you want to get ideas from others who are activating a life that they love. Finally, this is the place for you if you're ready to stop playing small and start shining your light so you can give others permission to do the same. Join me each week for an inspiring message or an interview so you too can activate a life you love. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Now let's head over to the show. 
What is up, my friends? Welcome back. This is Allie Reddy here. It's been a little while, taken a bit of a hiatus from the podcast to really dive into things that are going on in my life. And we are coming up on season three. So we're going to consider this episode a great transition into season three. You know, this podcast has been around. It's coming up on two years, which is crazy to think about because I started this on a whim. I wanted to share uh, way back then about my struggles with food and body, and it has really evolved into something so much bigger and greater um, than myself, and I'm just so glad that you are here. So if you're a brand new listener, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. If you're a veteran, I'm so grateful to have you in this tribe And I'm going to waste no time because I want to get right into today's episode. You heard the sneak peek. This is Josh Trent. This guy literally needs basically no introduction. I could sit here and read you Josh's bio, which is honestly incredible. But at the end of the day, I am much more about... um, the person rather than the titles. Josh, he's got it all. He's got one of the top wellness podcasts of all time. He's incredibly talented. He's done so many things in his life that I could tell you about. But what I really want to focus on goes really hand in hand with today's episode, which is this guy's character. He is the real deal when it comes to overcoming um, adversity and truly being a force to want to create change in this world and want to help each and every person that he comes into contact with to live their best life. And you no doubt are going to hear and feel from this interview his incredible energy and his passion, which is what I really want to bring to the forefront of all the credentials are amazing. But at the end of the day, this guy is just a really good human being. And it is an absolute joy and honor when I get to connect with people like Josh. So as you heard in the introduction, we go in a lot of different directions in this interview in a really great way. We really let our intuition flow. We speak from the heart. None of this was... um, you know, pre-recorded. There was no questions that I had written down. I really wanted to have it all be very organic and it definitely was. We, we touch on things from trusting ourselves to having trust in others to really speaking our own truth. This was a really big key factor in this interview. We talk about happiness and what that looks like for each one of us individually. We talk about being seen. We we speak so much about on this podcast being seen and heard and the importance of really speaking our truth. We talk about imposter syndrome, the this idea that we have to be who we want to be to do what we want to do in order to have what we want to have. You guys, this is just scratching the surface of the incredible goodness that is coming your way here in the coming minute. So I just want to say a huge thank you. I want to express my deepest gratitude that you are here, that you are listening to this episode. And it is truly my honor to introduce to you, Josh Trent. Podcast fam, welcome back to another episode of the show. I am so excited, as I'm sure you heard in the intro, to introduce you to today's guest, Josh Trent of Wellness Force. Josh, I feel like Wellness Force is such a perfect name for you because you really are a force in the wellness (laughs) field. It's so fitting. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure to connect with you and your family and your community because, gosh, I feel like I know you so well. And I'm really excited to get people get to know me a little bit more, too. I am as well, because being on your podcast was probably one of my favorite interviews that I have ever done. And it's been such a joy to get to know you. And I can't wait to share all of your goodness. And I just feel like when you and I connect, magic happens. So I'm really excited (laughs) for that today. Agreed. Me too. So today I'm excited because I really want to dive into the wholeness of your wellness journey. You have such an inspirational story. Where you've been is quite frankly unbelievable. And, you know, when I first watched the video about your story, I thought, okay, this definitely needs to be shared in in a bigger way on a bigger forum. So take us back a little bit to... You as a teenager, maybe even a child, were you always fit? You know, was fitness and wellness something that was a a big part of your family and your upbringing? Well, the immediate answer to that is absolutely not. (laughs) Um, The family structure that I had that really led me down the path of wellness, which first came from fitness, which is where, honestly, most of us start. Fitness is the gateway to wellness. I did not have a lot of that. So I grew up in this environment, Ali, where um, I was raised by a single mom. We were literally on welfare, which means like no vegetables, processed cereal, you know, cheese and meat, and that's it. No healthy foods. My mom did an amazing job raising my brother and I for what she was dealing with. And what she was dealing with, the majority of my childhood and adolescent life, was a pretty severe bout of manic bipolar. And Mm. so this, in my nervous system, imprinted me early on in life to not necessarily know what it's like to have a home base where I can take deep breaths, to have a safe space as a kid. So there was a lot of, I guess you could say, lack I was born into a space of lack. Now, it doesn't mean that there wasn't love, but there definitely was a lot of lack. And in that space, I didn't know how to deal. And so I found this drug, which a lot of people find in the world, and it's called food. <laughs> and, I, and I used food for probably the first 18 years of my life uh, to honestly numb out a lot of the unprocessed emotions and negative imprinting from childhood. And so, you know, to no surprise, with a lack of emotional tools, with a lack of knowledge around fitness, um, luckily, I was able to play high school sports, which was a saving grace. Uh, and I think it is for a lot of adolescent males and, and females. I started to understand how good it felt to be powerful in my body, to be strong, to be able to lift weights. But I didn't have the emotional or the dietary tools to really live a life well. And, you know, no surprise, I'm 21 years old. I graduated from high school three years prior. And I'm at this party and I tried to lose weight for a long time and I just didn't have the education or the tools. And I'm drinking beer, Allie. I'm drinking beer out of this red party cup. You know where people play like <laughs> beer pong? Yep. And I slam the cup down and I'm just like – I felt disgusted in my body. And I know people have felt this moment too where like you look in the mirror or whatever it is. Mine was cumulative. It's like I tried for over a year to let go and I couldn't let go. And so finally I was just like, I don't know what I want but I know I don't want this. And it was literally a lightning bolt from the sky. That's what it felt like. I know looking back now, it was definitely some kind of divine intelligence. My soul kind of beginning to awaken at 22 years old, 21 years old. And I ran home drunk 
for like three miles <laughs> and I get home and I, I type in the computer. I think I typed in like, how do I be healthy or, or how do I lose weight? And then it was like 18 months of trial by fire, you know, figuring out how to do Atkins the wrong way and starve myself and then um, do high carb and low fat and blah, blah, blah. And then eventually I just got so frustrated with my current experience, uh, lack of emotional tools, not being able to lose weight and keep it off that I just quit. I was in this perfect situation as Gay Hendricks talks about for a sledgehammer from the universe. Mm -hmm. um, I got a sledgehammer from the universe. I was in this relationship I hated. I was in a job that I hated. I was actually a mechanic working around all these toxic chemicals all day. And I was in a body that I hated. So the three things in my life, health, wealth, relationships, were all things that I hated. So I was ripe for an awakening. Um, I broke up with the woman. This led me down a pathway of depression. And then I just sold everything I owned, literally, my clothes, my truck, my possessions. And I moved to Hawaii. Because again, I was like, I don't know what I want, but I know I don't want this. Yeah. So I took imperfect action. I moved to Hawaii. I surfed and I hiked and I fished and I started really taking the time to care for myself and like really understand what this whole fitness and wellness journey was all about. I'm working out at a gym and a fitness manager came up to me and he was like, hey, I've seen you get some pretty good results in the past couple of months. Have you ever thought about being a trainer? And I kind of creaked my head to the side and I was like, what's a trainer? <laughs> I, I didn't know what personal <laughs> training was. And I found that it was this path I was already on, which was using this catalyzing power of fitness to awaken myself, to unlock my soul, to unlock my heart. And it was the next 10 years of my life, you know, really just running teams and, and helping, you know, 10,000 hours of client sessions and helping people lose hundreds of pounds and just being so engaged in this world of, of training and, and the power that it has for, for honestly, everyone, everyone starts with the physical body uh, to really empower themselves. And, and that was my story, which then, you know, many other thresholds were crossed alley, but that led me to wellness force and the podcast and, you know, the, the pleasure of talking to you right now. So many amazing things that I want to touch on. I want to go back really quick. If you could tell your younger self, you know, when you got home, you were searching on the internet how to be healthy. If you could tell that 21-year-old guy now a piece of advice about health and fitness or spirituality or anything, what would it be? I would tell him that everyone is not out to get you. Because Why so? a long, a long time ago, um, in those two decades of my life, the first two where I was kind of struggling and dealing with, um, the emotions that I didn't know how to process, I, I think the message that I really needed then, and, and I've actually gone back and, and told him this, uh, the younger version is that people are not out to get you. Um, an early core belief that I'm actually still in the process of just being aware that it's there. I've done a lot of work to let it go. Um, is people can't be trusted. That's a big one. You know, mm. people can't be trusted. People can't be trusted. People are always out to get you. It's like this monkey mind, incessant, ancient brain that pulls a lot of us, myself included, to this deleterious thought process, these negative feedback loops that just get strewn about our subconscious mind. And they're just absolutely not true. And so that's what I would have told that younger kid, younger man back then is like, you can trust people and no one's out to get you. No one. Do you feel like as you got older and you started to meet, you know, really good and genuine people that slowly started to dissipate and you sort of maybe started questioning that belief of, well, wow, I, I really do feel like I could trust this person. How did that kind of unfold for you? 
<laughs> in one of my emotional intelligence trainings, um, before I started working with clients online, there's an exercise they took us through and it's really defining three things about you that you know to be true. And it was this huge process, Ali. It was called Master in Transformational Training. And I came out with this phrase that through everything I've been through, even though it's been hard, it's been a gift because now I get to show up as this trusting, authentic, inspiring leader. And the word trusting was first because that has been my core lesson here on this planet in this meat suit is like, how do I trust people? How do I actually trust people? And the only way I can trust people is if I trust myself. I have to trust myself. I get to trust Josh Trent so that then I can call that in energetically from someone else. And that's the part that, you know, and I, I kind of actually lost your question, Ali. I'm sorry. Like, no, you're that's good. the part of me that that really knows the lesson continues and the work is all around gathering the evidence. This has been a big theme in my life and across a lot of different channels that I learn from and love is am I am I willing to take loving ownership today of gathering the evidence that I'm supported, that I'm loved and that I'm on the right path for my purpose? Am I willing? Am I willing to take loving ownership to gather the evidence that I'm supported, that I'm loved and that I'm on the right path for my purpose? And that's what I'm in the process of doing. And, and so now I have an actionable for my life that gives me – I mean I'm, I'm feeling a buzz just talking to you, right? So that's where this skill set of trusting has come from. And honestly, it came from the contrast of not having it. Yeah, well, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with the caliber of content that you put out. It makes so much sense now – you know, you want to be able to trust other people, but you understand that without providing a lot of quality yourself, you can't really expect that in return. Yeah. I mean, we are, Les Brown's talked about this, Zig Ziglar's talked about anyone who's, I guess you could say anyone, and also um, some very high caliber female speakers as well. We don't attract what we want. Like we attract what we energetically are. Mm -hmm. So if I want a million dollars, unless I'm energetically feeling what it feels like the essence to be that million dollars or to be in the relationship or whatever it is, it's not coming. And and this is where the law of attraction gets a bit esoteric in our industry. Um, it's not about just positive thinking. You've got to take action. I mean, it's definitely a piece of it, right? You've, you've got to have the yeah. positive thinking, um, but your vibration far outweighs everything else. If your vibration is not high, you will never get the thing that you desire because you're sending that you're sending that signal to the universe that I, I say this is what I want, but uh, you know my energy and what's inside of me is not expressing the same. Yeah, and and before we get to that kind of reductionistic black and white uh, light switch on the wall, um, you know Gretchen Rubin talks about like, oh, I, I think most people are pretty happy. If you ask most people, most people are pretty happy. And I I challenge her, and I'm like, you know, that's actually not true. Like the ability to be happy, yes, it might be a choice. But the work you do on yourself before you're able to flick that light switch of happiness, that's the real conversation. All the nuances, all the thresholds, all the lessons that we get to learn before we just flick that switch of happiness, that's the real point that the media and most people don't want to talk about. That is so well said, Josh, because I've experienced that too. I mean, when I discovered this work and I really dug into myself, I always thought, I was generally happy. And now looking back, I realized I really was not that happy at all. And it, it mm. came from doing the work and, and having that heightened awareness of myself and taking ownership. You've already used that word multiple times today. And it's the most vital piece 
is you have to take ownership for your own life and realize you you really are in control of the things that happen because anytime we are blaming or you know saying that it's someone else's fault then we're just giving them our power and that's what I did for many years of my life so I think what you yeah. said and I love that you questioned her because I think that you're you're very spot on with that yeah, it's not so always black and white, is it? It's like we all have these thumbprints and no thumbprint in the world is the same. Like, like, just let that sit for a moment. Not one fingerprint on the planet is identical. They're all different. And it's the same thing with our bio individuality, with our hormones. It's the same thing with our emotions and who we are as a human being and a soul. So to say that that happiness is a light switch that applies to everyone is complete spiritual bypassing. I mean, that's not the case with when it comes to emotions. Yeah. I want to go back to something and riff on, you said, who do I have to be? And I think that's really big. And I've, I've always wanted to talk about this in relation to health and fitness. Cause I think a lot of times we talk about who do I have to be to become a millionaire? Who do I have to be to step into the shoes of being a, a speaker or, you know, apply it however you will. I've always thought it's fascinating. How do we apply that to the health and fitness industry? Because at the end of the day, if you don't, uh, if you don't recognize yourself or if you don't relate to the I- identify as an exerciser or I eat healthy, it, it, it never really sticks. So it'd be interesting to riff with you on this because I think it's a really big piece of people have to be able to identify even early on with some piece of being healthy, eating healthy, exercising. Um, because if you look at every other area that we apply that to, you have to, you have to be the person that you want to become, right? <laughs> Yes. Wow. This is so big. And and a lot of times in life, I feel that any more than three things at a time for any of us gets a little overwhelming. Would you agree? Like the power of threes is pretty real in life. So, so there's this concept of, of be, do, and have, which, which I learned in one of my emotional intelligence trainings that, that totally pertains to your beautiful statement, your questions around this. And, and it's really the being that's the hard part. Most of us, Ali, we get, and I raise my hand because we fall into these loops from time to time. And then to the degree of the work that we do, the, the falling in is longer gaps between them. But it's really this three-part component of like, can I be energetically what I actually know is true. My truth. Can I be that? Most times people will say, oh, well, what is someone who's um, being in a loving, committed relationship? What do they do? Oh, well, they're they're going on dates and, you know, they're buying flowers. And so people are like, OK, I'm going to go on dates. I'm going to buy flowers. But just by doing the action, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be the energy of the thing that we know to be true. Yeah. And then a lot of times people will even cluster their minds in another way and they'll say, OK, well, what is someone who who is a millionaire? What do they have? They have a million dollars. Oh, OK, well, I'll just skip the first two and I'll go right to the have. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to make as much money as possible in Q4 because then at the end of Q4, well, then I'll be happy. But they're approaching it like they're trying to climb a tree by digging into the ground. Like like you're going the wrong way, man or yeah. lady. <laughs> like yeah. like it's the other way around. So so it's enforcing. It's gathering the evidence on a continuous basis for the being. Now, when you're in the being and you're trusting in that, when I'm trusting that I'm actually being a trusting, authentic, inspiring leader, when I'm trusting, when I'm in that being and trusting – everything's going to work out as far as the doing and the having. I know it to be true. And my work continues to do it in succession of be, do, have instead of the other way around. So let's dissect that because I love what you said. 
someone might be listening to this and saying, yeah, but how, like, how do you be that person, Josh? Like, how, how do you know, what does that feel like? Are you always that way? Do you, do you ever have days where you don't feel that way? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And I say absolutely because I really wanted to make that stick. Absolutely means that there is absolutely no way that that word isn't true. So, so when something has a resolve to it, um, I resolve that in my life, I will never have this thing completely wired. I, I am not an expert. I am a student of emotional intelligence. And that's why I learned so much about it from people that you and I trust, Ali, because I know that in my deepest core, my work will never stop. There, there truly is no finish line for this emotional intelligence work um, until we leave the planet, right? That then, you know, when we, when we pass on to the next phase, that's when our intelligence stops. But yes, the work will always continue. Now, it, it's not that the work gets any easier. It's just that we don't allow it to hold as much of an energetic charge, as much of a deleterious behavior course correction that a lot of times these imprintings in our nervous system and in our subconscious can be so powerful and so traumatic and, and honestly so ignored that they are directing the ship even though you think you're at the wheel. Yeah. I want to additionally say that, you know, with the work never ending, you could read the same book for 10 years or go to the same conference for 10 years, but it doesn't always mean that you're ready to hear all the information. Mm. Everything is landing at its perfect time. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts about continuing to learn about ourselves is we are, we just, we aren't always ready to hear the thing that we need to until we get to that chapter in our lives. And then we think, I've heard this 20 times. Why is it just now seeping in the way that it should? And that, that's just life. That, that, I, I find that really beautiful. Uh, oh, God, that really hit me in this moment because I think it's easy in our current society when we have people like Gary Vaynerchuk and you know all these entrepreneurs that say, just hustle, baby. Just take action. You know, mm-hmm. No matter what you do, just take action. Rah, rah, rah. And they're right – but they're also wrong because they're talking about part of that three position axis the B do have. They're only talking about the do. They're missing out on the B. They're, they're missing out on the true path to the have. And for me, it's been hearing a message so many times that I finally actually breathe. And that's the key word is breathe and be present that that message I've heard for the 54th time is actually true because I say so. It's finally true because I say so. And that phrase, because I say so, is very powerful. A lot of times we will look, I will look for reasons for something to be true. I need proof. I need um, some kind of scientific study to tell me that I'm worthy or that I'm capable or that I can do whatever it is I think to be true. Uh, None of that is actually mattering at all. (laughs) The biggest part is that we say so and we energetically believe that when we say we say so, it's real. And that can't be faked. And we all know like when we've been in a relationship or when we're about to do something, what imposter syndrome feels like. Yeah. I mean this imposter syndrome, for some reason, Allie, and I know – I think you and I have even like gone back and forth on this before. It's like imposter syndrome in our current paradigm here in the world, it is so rampant And I believe it to be true that it's so rampant because we don't live in a world that allows for deep breaths and connected conversations, which is like really why I'm stoked to be having that with you. Yeah. No, I so agree. And 
you know, I want to say that it goes away, but the truth is that it doesn't. It, it's kind of one of those things you always have to keep in the forefront of your mind because, you know, anytime you try something new, it, it starts to creep in again. Um, it, it's one of those things that I consistently experience in my own life. Anything that I'm going, um, anything that I'm going after, I'm trying to improve upon. I, I always experience that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. It's like there's a reason there's thousands and thousands of Google queries. I've read this on Entrepreneur and Inc. The validity of imposter syndrome, I believe it goes back to our amygdala. And then I actually learned about this other section of our brain that's called the habenula. And this habenula that's hardwired to the amygdala is our record keeper for failure. It's crazy, Ali. We have this old ancient system in our brain that's tied into our nervous system, deep into our nervous system, into this vagus nerve, which is really kind of like the valve between our heart and our lungs and our respiration. So it, it has a deep impact on how we feel in every moment in our body. And the habenula is a record keeper for failure. So in other words, it literally logs, it keeps track of every time you experience something in life that didn't work out the way you wanted to. When you got hurt, when you got um, emotionally hurt, when you were cheated on, when someone didn't come home for you, when you couldn't trust someone, all these deep wounds get logged in the habenula, which then has that direct connection to the amygdala and then the vagus nerve and then the way we breathe. So what do we what do we do? The solution is to re-imprint ourselves by doing conscious breath work and by exploring altered states of consciousness. Those are the only ways I believe in alignment with healthy diets, healthy relationships and professional help that can really change someone, that can really allow somebody to evolve, to truly, you know, get to that finish line as a whole human being. That's so fascinating to me. I'm, I'm downloading all of that that you just said. So then if it's constantly taking record of all of your, our, our failures, what would you tell someone who just has this tape recorder? Like, let's say, let's say you're talking to a business owner They've tried starting 10 businesses. They've all failed. Can you imagine that tape recorder that's playing for them? <laughs> yes. It's probably a really loud tape recorder. Not it, only it, that, but the people that, that really love them are kind of like, hey, hey, Josh, you know, love you, but hasn't worked the first 10 times. You know, m maybe you should think about going back to being a mechanic, you know, yeah, and that, and that yeah. really sort of gets you juiced up <laughs> because in your being, you're like, I know that I wasn't born to be a mechanic. Um, cause that's something I want to talk about too, is it's really easy. Those around us want to play the realist and when you're doing this work and when you're, you know, getting in touch with, with your, yourself, your source, and you're exploring spirituality, it can feel like crazy talk. I mean, sometimes I feel like a pathological liar when I tell people, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this or I'm doing that when it hasn't come true yet, but that's, that's at my core what I truly believe. And then those things come to fruition in time. But at the time that I said it, it wasn't true. Does that make sense? Mm, I love the way your brain is firing right now because, <laughs> no, the, the, the fact that you claim it to be true. I mean, again, not to be redundant, but I'm going to be redundant here. It's am I taking ownership of collecting the evidence? Am I gathering the freaking evidence for – the fact that what I say is true because I say so. And that's it. Like, am I going to go out in my world? Am I starting my day with some kind of ritual or practice where I'm creating a filter, not spiritually bypassing? I'm not saying that we don't ever address negativity because that's that's a, 
a sickness of itself. But am I creating a filter for me to go gather the things that I've already decided to be true inside my soul, inside my chest? Like, am I committed to that? Because if you are, the path is not going to be easy, but damn, it's going to be real. And and that's what everybody wants. Magical things happen. I mean, I, there's been so many things and, I, and I've shared on many of the podcasts in the last few months. Um, one story in particular that I have not been able to tell yet because it, it's still unfolding, but I would love to know from you because I, I know you do so much work on yourself. It's fun to hear about other people's magical stories of you trusting and knowing so deeply inside of you that something was going to, to come true. And I, I'd love for you to share, is there something recent or that's happened in the last year that you, you really brought it into your life because you had that, that deep feeling. Um, and, and, and it's really about that. It's, can you create that visualization and turn it into this feeling that is almost like a song? And every time your body hears it and feels it, it's just this rumble of excitement. Like that will attract the things that you want. So do you have <laughs> one of those magical stories to share? Yeah. I mean, literally I'm sitting on a chair. I'm sitting in Lotus position. My spine is stacked. And as you were talking, I was feeling that excited feeling like you get as a little kid on a trampoline. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, you got one of those Tony Robbins trampolines for your beat. I do. I have one of those, but but I'm sitting here present with you. And like the the phrase that came up for me, it's what, it's one of my favorite quotes. It's, it's, you can tell a lot about a true friend by the way they mirror your excitement about you chasing down a dream. Mm. You can tell a lot about a true friend by the way they mirror your excitement about you chasing down a dream. And I've always believed that too. I mean, haven't we all felt in certain moments where we're really excited about something and we tell a close friend or a family member and they go, "Uh huh." Mm. <laughs> and there's so, like this awkward pause. Oh, I like can feel both excited. ends of it. I felt both right. ends, and it's right. oh yeah. And it's not like they're they don't have an obligation to be excited for you. Nobody's obligated to support your dream because it's your dream. Your dream is your dream and yours alone. You're not alone in it because you're going to find people that naturally resonate with your dream and that want to support you. But going back to your initial statement and question, it's like the only way that we're going to get there, that we're going to be that vibration that's going to pull in the thing we already know to be true is if we are open, truly energetically, biologically, if we're open to our community and to the people that mirror our excitement, we have to be open to these people that mirror our excitement. That's how we get momentum. My friends, momentum is created by friends that mirror our excitement. Like that's it. And and so if you have friends in your life that aren't mirroring your excitement, don't share your dream with them anymore. They're not, they're not there for you to get the dream shared because they're not going to help you anyways. They're actually just going to make you doubt. And then you'll turn into that business owner that failed 10 times. Well, there's two things I want to say because that's absolutely brilliant. The first is that, you know, when you share that dream or that it, that excitement with someone and they don't respond in the way that you had hoped, and like you said, they have no obligation, I think you know that you've made it, that you've really made progress when you can walk away and say, that's okay. That doesn't change my level of excitement. Like, it's okay for them to not believe sometimes what I feel is the crazy world I'm living in. It's, it's absolutely okay. And you kind of just send them with love. And like you said, you, you choose very carefully who you share these things with. And, and truly, not everyone has the capacity to hold that kind of ex- excitement and space for you that you need. That's why you find your, your key players. 
Yeah. And there's a reason why you and I are vibrating so high right now. Like I literally feel my posture is like stacked to the ceiling <laughs> Me too. because, because the, and this goes back to our conversation you and I had a year ago. It's like we mirror each other's excitement from a place of really authentically wanting the other person to be and live their dream. And, yeah. and that's a genuine feeling that can't be faked. Um, it's not something that you can do for a long time because it's exhausting to be fake. And this is why a lot of people get on a stage and they decide they'll never want to do it again because of the old real imposter syndrome. I think there is another side of this alley too where – and I am going to share my story you asked me. But like the other side of imposter syndrome is that sometimes that imposter syndrome is is real and people are so attached to the ego that their dream really isn't their dream. It's someone else's dream that they're trying to live out. And so when people don't mirror that excitement, um, there's a reason for that. But I would say that's very minimally the case. I would say it's probably 90-10. Like 90% of the time, if somebody's not mirroring your excitement, it's not because your dream isn't valid. It's not because your dream isn't amazing and and true. Um, It's just because they're there to give you that contrast so that you can adjust your course and share your dream with somebody else. I love that. And I also was thinking when you just spoke that – you know, it's great to have a dream. It's also great to be open to that dream coming in many different vehicles. Okay. Let's say your dream is to be an international speaker and you want to travel the world. Well, that's awesome. But what, what if you were open to it? You know, maybe a a guy who's directing, um, a next Hollywood movie says, you know what, Josh, I know you want to be a speaker. I'd really love for you to be you know, in my film. I mean, the the beauty is we have no idea. And that's what makes this whole realm so exciting is that when we get so pigeonholed and it has to come in this formality, we close ourselves off. We pinch ourselves off from all these other ways that the dream could possibly come in. Oh, man. I want to ask permission to go as deep as humanly possible right now. Of course you have permission. This is Can I go this there? podcast should just be called The Deep Podcast. <laughs> okay, guys, like here's the truth. I'm going to say some thoughts that I know you've all had and just really check yourself. Do a quick scan to know that they're true. When I was in high school, I wanted to be an actor. Okay, so I did like theater and I did all these things. And then after that, I was like, oh, you know what? I want to like play um, football in college. And then that didn't work out. So I always wanted to do these like big, grandiose dream type things. But you know what, guys? They didn't work out. And we've all had these moments like that where we had something in the back of our mind in a treasure chest that we so wanted to work out and it didn't work out. And I think for a long time, the truth was, is that I was upset and like victimized myself subconsciously about that. And that's what led me to go this path of safety and security and just kind of like make money, especially for men. Oh, my God. So much of our value in society is, quote, deemed by how much money we make. And it's complete BS, but I bought into that for a long time. And so this story that's coming through me right now, when you said, Josh, what's the story? What's the one where energetically, you know, that because you were being that way, that something came in. Uh, My recent story actually was from my trip to Costa Rica. My trip to Costa Rica, I was being trusting. I was being this energy that we've all heard so many times, but sometimes can be the most challenging to actually just believe to be true. And that is with my eyes closed, knowing that I'm going to receive transformation, knowing that transformation is already here, that I'm already this amazing version of myself. Can I actually know that to be true? 
And so I sourced, I literally sourced this media trip to Costa Rica in um, February where I got to fly out to Costa Rica. I got to interview this founder on my podcast and I got to do these powerful plant medicine ceremonies, four nights of, of plant medicine ceremonies to have some of the deepest breakthroughs I've ever had in my life where I actually got to go back and talk to that 10-year-old kid that you and I were talking about in the first part of your show and hold him and let him know that there's something special I have to tell him and then a ton of other things. But at the end of it all, it's like what I really understood is I get to trust my journey and I get to be trust in my journey, but not faking it. Like, really feeling that I am actually trusting and authentic and inspiring. And that that's always been me. I just have allowed kind of dirt and soot to cover that up. Yeah. What a great story. Thank you for sharing that. I, I knew that that was a really impactful. I mean, I was following your, your posts and uh, I could tell just from your writing, you know, it's funny when people travel, I feel like there's Oftentimes a shift in their writing, you can just feel that it's really cracking them open, which I feel like travel often can do to us. And I knew, yeah. I knew that was really impactful. Yeah. And it's funny. Especially I, in a blue zone. Have you been yeah. to Costa Rica? I, I have not. I have oh. not. It's definitely it's on the list. Definitely yeah. on the list. Um, man, there's something that you said that took me back. And I'm drawing a blank now on what it was. Oh, you said that before you went, you just, you had this knowing that you were going to have a breakthrough. And I want to touch on that because I think what's important for listeners to grasp, and this is something that uh, of course I'm only speaking about because I have been learning so much about it myself is it's all how we approach something. If you approach something and you have this deep knowing, then that is what is going to be reflected to you. Just like the opposite. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone on that trip and said, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be that good. I mean, it really is. The <laughs> energy that you bring is exactly what's reflected back to you. And it sounds so crazy and woo-woo, but man, in the last two years, it has been so profound to me how true that is. Both sides, right? If I wake up with, with nasty energy, it's reflected to me for a lot of the day until I can you know, knock some sense into myself and go into meditation and do what I need to do. Um, but I, I think that's such an important thing to remember, whatever it is that you're approaching in your life, how are you approaching it? And be honest with yourself about that. The honesty is the hard part. I mean, to the degree that there's a lack of honesty, that's the same dial of pain. So if somebody's lying to themselves and they're lying to their family and their friends or – and we all know this because, look, we're all liars. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, Everyone has lied. Uh, we know what it feels like when we lie. And so the, the power of truth – I mean it's in the Bible. It's in religious text. It's in scrolls. It's written on cave walls. Like the, the reason that the truth will set you free is because the only freedom that ever exists is in the arms of truth. Like that's it. There's there's no freedom in lying like Donald Trump or or politicians or the guy down the street or you and your last relationship or me or whoever it is like when we've lied, it's it's the, to that degree that we have health issues, um, deleterious health behaviors that we're making emotional food choices rather than loving food choices, it always comes down to the truth. And it could be the truth that we're aware of. But honestly, Ali, as I know you know, like it's really 90% of the truth that's locked in our subconscious mind. That right there is the cause of, I believe, most of the suffering in the entire world. Yeah. Yep. 
And I know you do a lot of a lot of work on that, and I, I think it can be scary sometimes too for people to think about uh, approaching that. It's it's a double edged sword, right? It's the very thing that's going to help them have that breakthrough, so they can move on for the rest of their lives and and do the things that they want to do and be able to heal. But it's also it can be scary to think about going back to those things, those times, those memories that are so locked in, and really face them head on. And like you said without facing the truth, you're, you're just suppressing it. You made me take a deep breath because I think for all of us telling the truth is, um, it's just the hardest thing. It's just the most challenging thing because what is more fear producing than being seen for who you truly are with all of your flaws, all of your cracks, all of your imperfections, all the things you haven't lived up to, and just allow all of that to melt away and to fly away. Like that process of being seen for who you really are and then standing in that power and being like, you know what? I actually love all of this. I love my cracks. <laughs> I love my dirt. <laughs> I, I love the way that my pot is tilted to the side. I love all this, you know, but not from a place of faking until you making it, like from actually being that. And, and for me, honestly, it, it not only has the journey been the most challenging in that regard, but I also think it's like the hidden secret key for business, for love, for physical, uh, for body intelligence, for the way that we look in our clothes. It's absolutely everything, this, this self-love practice. I mean, God, no matter who you listen to, right, Alison Armstrong or Brene Brown or, or anyone that's talking about vulnerability or emotional intelligence, all roads lead, all roads lead to self-love. All roads lead to self-love. And, and if you get to self-love, that's where you can grow self-care. And then, of course, from self-care comes self-improvement and then comes this great life. But at the bedrock, like at, at the hot magma inside of all of us, are we willing to dance with this part of ourselves that is love and that's also fear, this, this kind of dueling banjo between love and fear? If we can have a life where like 80% of the time love wins, um, that's a great life. Yeah. Yeah, and what's ironic though is when we speak our truth and when we share, you know, the things that are core, we be really vulnerable. As difficult as it is, it feels so freeing to let people know the truth. You know, I can't think of how many times I've actually just the other day, one of my friends said, you know, I said, I'm really struggling because I'm not really sure what I want to talk about lately. And she said, Allie, you know those episodes where you kind of go on a walk and the audio is kind of unclear and you you really take us into what's really happening in your life, like the really tough stuff? She said, those are the episodes that I go back to. Isn't that interesting? Imperfection at its finest, right? Audio's yeah. janky. Here I am talking about some of the scariest, most vulnerable things that are happening in my life, fears, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm opening myself up to, you know, potentially a lot of comments and oftentimes it's the opposite. It's wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's exactly what I'm going through. And yet we think, <laughs> we think those are the things that we need to hide. And it's, that's because our brain wants to keep us safe. That's what, that's what we're wired to do is be kept safe all the time. It's the Habenula amygdala dance where yeah. they're like, we're going to protect you, but we're also going to have your soul perish. Um, no, Which, I, I say no to that. And so do you. And honestly, before we even recorded, I was telling you how uh, in love I was with the video that you produced about your Uber drive and, and like how powerful that was because 
God, that's what everybody wants. We're so – I think Jamie Wheel actually said this, the, the author of uh, Stealing Fire. We are so drowning in information and inspiration, yet we're all starving for truth and connection. Like, like feel the power of that, you know, like we have never been in a time where there's more information and motivational memes and quotes and, and BS on Instagram. But it, but paradoxically, we've, we've never been so starving and so hungry for love and connection. And you know, what's funny is oftentimes those are the things, you know, the things that maybe someone does a video and, you know, maybe they're living on the streets or whatnot, but it's, it's them in that moment. So raw, untouched truly just sharing what's happening in that moment, that's the stuff that we really connect to and inspire us. us. You know, like for me, I feel overwhelmed by the 10 step process of how to become a millionaire. Like uh, you've lost me, you know, like, <laughs> and, and no disrespect. Yeah. It's, right. it's that it's going back to exactly what you said. We, we err on the side of, I just want to see someone untouched. Who's just sharing with me in the moment what's happening, you know? What's it really like to create a business? Tell me all the shit storms that happen. Yeah. Tell me all the nights where your office was the same room you slept in. Tell me the nights when you didn't have money for food, so you had another protein shake for dinner. Because that's me. Like, I've been there. And to say that creation is always easy and that we're always going to be in the flow and that, you know, law of attraction, if you're in the vibration of peace and harmony, that that's what you're going to receive. That's not always true. No, because sometimes in life, things get so crazy that you're questioning if you even want to live your dream, if you even want to have this deep purpose really come through you. And that is where true human beings that are on purpose are forged. Like the, the blade of gratitude like, or I'm sorry, the, the blade of adversity is really like what allows us to bleed gratitude. I, I felt this so much in Costa Rica. It was like, Ali, we have these things that happen to us or through us or for us, however you want to say it. It's our response to the thing. An example, what might be like losing a loved one or getting in a car accident or losing a limb or having an injury. Like these events, we never know when they're going to happen. But the only thing we have is can we breathe into the loving connection for other people? And can we kind of share that suffering together? C can we bond and mend with the shared suffering of these events that really come from a place of love? Because that's all we have in the first place. That's all we've ever had. And that's all we'll ever have. And I think many times in my life when adversity has happened to me, I didn't allow my, my gratitude to, to bleed through. Like I just, I just kind of stuck in the anger where I was like, no, I'm going to be angry about this thing that happened because then I can have control and I can have like a rightness mm -hmm. as to why the thing happened in the first place. But meanwhile, all I had to do was like breathe and let go. And, and honestly, like it sounds kind of visceral and kind of gross here, but it's like when you're stabbed, you have to bleed a little bit. Right. And, and then you can allow yourself to heal. If you just go right to it and you don't ever have to like feel that the stab actually happened, that's not real life. We have to bleed gratitude if we're going to be stabbed with adversity. Fascinating visual. <laughs> I mean, it's not always the easiest visual to take, but it's the truth, right? It's like these sometimes when you get hurt, when you get stabbed, a lot of times mostly, um, we'll go into a cycle of resentment or anger. You know, yeah. and, and I've seen this with clients that I train in the past where, you know, they they might hurt their knee or they'll be out for six months and they're just so angry for that six months. Well, and then they just eat a bunch of food because they're so angry yeah. right? or, or someone loses a child. And by the way, I have no idea what that's like. I'm not placating or making small in any regard if you've lost someone you cared about. I don't even know what that's like. 
But the fact is, is that it happens to all of us. All of us will lose people we care about in this life. And I'm kind of like feeling like that cry feeling right now talking about it because it's a sad thing. But at the same time, underneath my sadness is a massive swell of gratitude for the fact that I get to talk to you, Allie, and I get to be here in this body. Like we have this dueling banjo, right? Again, this, this duality presents itself of it's sad that we're going to lose people we love. It's really sad and, yeah. and we can't go away from that. And then it's also incredibly vibrant and we get to be so grateful that we're alive at the same time. I mean, how amazing is it to eat food and um, be with people we care about and like go dancing and have sex and go party and, and, you know, be in this body. It's such a gift. It is. No, I think it's so well said. And, you know, you talk about duality. I've been thinking a lot about polarity the last month and just how things you know, things that we, there, there's always two sides to every coin, right? And often being shown the opposite is teaching us a lesson. And sometimes we don't always know what that is. Um, but a lot of times in, in hindsight, we can be so grateful for, you know, maybe you wanted something to happen and it didn't. And then as the journeys continue, you look back and you think, wow, I'm so grateful that that contrast showed itself because I, I, you know, otherwise I might've kept forcing something that wasn't meant to be. And that's that idea of, you know, letting go and, and surrendering. The letting go, it's the white knuckle versus the open palm. Uh, I can't think of a more challenging part and, and we could apply it to anything, Allie, um, our relationships, our work, our, our, our fitness practice, our nutrition, like yeah. if we can breathe, um, that that's a really big one. And I know you've probably talked about breath in the show, but I'm just going to go there again because sometimes as, as we've mentioned, it's hearing it for the 59th time that it finally kicks into overdrive. If you don't have a breath practice, if you don't have a spiritual practice, you get to have that. Like you get to have a breath and a spiritual practice. And it doesn't have to mean that you um, sit and burn incense. Okay. Could be, could be going to church, could be um, spending time of 10 minutes of gratitude in the morning. It could be three minutes wearing a muse meditation headband. I mean, God, there's so many ways to get into the ritual of connecting to something bigger than you. And honestly, the only time that I found myself or most people to connect to that, that bigger than us peace, phase, intelligence, whatever it is, is when we're quiet, it's when we're still, it's when we're breathing, it's when we're out of our head and we're in our body and we're just in a present moment. That That's where all the magic occurs and that's what's the most challenging in our world right now. You know, we're in a time where the phone, the calendar, the email, the social, the everything, it's, it's like a garden rake on our attention. It's just literally raking our attention into a pile where it's being harvested for money by these companies. And we get to take the power away from them and, and put it back into ourselves by, by paying attention. And this is an interesting phrase, and I'm going on a fun tangent here, so feel free to chime in. Um, <laughs> this, this paying attention, think about what that actually means. Like you're paying something out of a bank attention. So if that's true, then attention is currency. So attention is the new currency in our digital world. And, and if we have this paying of attention, well, how do you pay attention to yourself? Because then aren't you putting money in your own bank? If you're mm. paying attention to you, aren't you putting money in your own emotional bank? How amazing is that? That's how so powerful. That? Oh, my God. I love this so much. So powerful. And my husband always tells me, he's like, every time that you are consuming something from other people, like 
regularly, a lot, whatever. He's like, you're, you're basically giving them money. And I think about that so much. And I think, oh, you are so right. You're mm. so right. Why, why, why wouldn't we put our money on ourselves? And yet I ask that question and I'm fully guilty of it as well. I, I've thought about this more and more, Josh, as I've, you know, I've gone back and I'm, I'm training again in the gym and, and I really do love it. I love the, the, the personal connection with, with all the people that I get to meet. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just, I don't believe there's any security unless that falls on me. Like if I'm not the creator of my own destiny, that scares me. That scares me to put that in someone else's hands. And I know that not everyone listening to this is, feels like they want to be an entrepreneur and that's totally fine. This is just what's true for me is I don't want, yeah, I don't want my life to be in someone else's hands. Yeah. Well, I'm going to challenge you on this one. It is. Um, the hands that it's in is the creator and whether it's God or whatever being that is worshipped or paid attention to, we know that this body we're in, this meat suit, the thing that's breathing you, Coot Blackson, a, a best-selling author, he asked me on a show once, he's like, did you know, Josh, that something's actually breathing you? You're not actually breathing yourself. And I couldn't answer that. I was like, wait, what is he talking about? I thought, like, is this guy crazy? <laughs> no, like, and then I realized like, oh, he's right. Allie's not breathing Allie. Josh isn't breathing Josh. You're listening to the show. You're not breathing yourself. Something bigger, higher, bolder, powerful, way bigger than you is actually breathing you. Like that's the part of you that's breathing you. And Science has tried to figure out for millennia, the SA node, the thing that creates the beat in our heart, they don't actually know where the charge comes from because you take a heart out of the body and it'll beat for a little bit of time, but it only actually gets its beating from being in the body, which tells us that we're all connected on a quantum level. So if I've lost you there, it's okay because that was a little bit of like, you know, woo-woo, a little bit of spirituality. But guess what? We're all woo-woo. We're our spirituality. The contrast and the blending of science and physiology and emotional intelligence and the law of vibration, which Ali, you and I talk about a lot, all these things connect. We are truly all connected. It's not spiritual babble. It's scientific knowledge that mm -hmm. the more scientists go into this, if you look at the work of Neil deGrasse Tyson when he was on Joe Rogan, he talked about when they see particles at their lowest and most basal form, it's self-replicating protons, electrons. They're self-replicating, which means that at our lowest level of measurement, in the, in the tiniest degree we could ever see matter in the world, it's self-replicating, which means that we're not in control. <laughs> okay, like we're not in control – uh, something is breathing us and we're in a meat suit trying to love each other. Absolutely. No. And it very much connects with me because I, I believe that. I guess I probably didn't explain myself very well when I say, I feel like, here's what I feel. A lot of times we feel out of control in our lives. However, when I started to really study spirituality and adopt these principles it's the most control I've ever felt. And I don't, I feel like control can have a negative connotation. I don't mean it to. What I mean is that it's this, it's this innate trusting that I know that goodness is coming my way. And I know that the universe, God, like whatever people believe we are co-creating together. And that has given me more peace and mm. more of a sense of, of I'm guiding my own life than I've, than I've ever really had working for anyone else. <laughs> I, I'm just smiling because I, I think 
semantics, sometimes there can be confusion as to the core of what someone's trying to articulate. And, and what I feel what you're saying is the same truth of you're not really in control, yet you do believe that to put your dreams and to put your aspirations in the hands of someone else, well, then you're completely not in control and there's no manifest destiny and there's no self-core correction. Like it just can't happen there. Not necessarily. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think what I struggle with is the lack of creativity. I think often, and this is just my own personal experience, I I have worked for people who creativity was sort of seen as intimidating and I struggle when my wings are clipped, right? And so that's why I feel that I was born to do things that are outside of a, a cubicle in an office because I do constantly love change and learning and growing and being creative. And so if I could find myself in a place that allowed me to have infinite creativity and those capabilities to, to grow, then absolutely. I think it can happen. I just think sometimes it can be seen as, you know, intimidating for other people. Um, and it just excites me the idea of creation. Like, I think we have this perception of we have to follow the rules and it's like, why can't I co-create something magnificent with the universe that, that blows all the rules out of the water and that exceeds my wildest expectations? I mean, why, why not? Who am I not to have that? <laughs> why not? That, that's a real phrase. And, and why not is actually the question and the answer in the same sentence, <laughs> right? It's like the question of why not would be like, oh, well, why is, why is that actually not possible? Oh, it actually is possible. It's just what am I willing to do? I think it's really like the why not challenges the will I. Correct. It's, it's, yes, it goes back to the, the be, do, have, right? Yeah. Oh God, we've gotten such great topics on these. I feel like literally in this conversation, there's probably 15 Twitter quotes that can be put out there from both of us. Oh yeah. Well, I wrote down a couple of uh, very specific decimals of time where you had just phenomenal quotes. I I will definitely be sure to write a bunch of these down. Um, Well, obviously you and I could talk for hours and we've touched on so many different subjects, which I feel like tends to happen with me. I have a bit of a squirrel brain, but also I think it's really genuine to just let the conversation flow where it's going to go. And I, I really appreciate you being so open and I want to acknowledge you because your work is incredible, but you as a human being and what you stand for and everything that you put out is so genuine. And you've been a big inspiration for me and me continuing on my journey. So I really wanted to acknowledge you on this podcast. I don't know if my listeners know what a big role that you've played. And I think that's interesting sometimes for people to hear because you and I don't get to talk that frequently. I mean, we, we got to have our interview, which was great. Um, but I definitely see you and I hear what you're doing and it's very impactful for me. Wow, Ali, I'm just like taking that in. I totally receive what you just gave me and I'm super grateful for it because I'm a creator like you and you know there, there gets to be more of us. I mean, that's the, that's the real deep truth, isn't it? Yeah. Like you and I are, are, we're a mirror of what's so needed in the planet right now. And what's needed in the planet right now is more of you and I and the people listening and their friends. And like, that's the way that the tide is going to turn because the odds, the odds are not necessarily in our favor. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just being real. Like the, the odds of us having a loving, connected, egalitarian society in a hundred years, it's stacked against us. My friends like wake the F up. 
Okay. There gets to be you doing your part, not out of scarcity, but out of love. Yeah. Abundance, right? It, it kind of goes back to, I, I feel like that's also a big part of your mission is because you grew up feeling that scarcity. I feel like you've totally done a 180. I constantly feel abundance from you. You know, this idea of no space is too full, you know, and, and it's truly not. And when you can get to that place, it's such a freeing feeling to be like, oh, awesome. You get to be your, your great self and do all your great work. And so do I. And we all get to have a place. <laughs> I was just smiling because I feel freedom every day. And I also feel tons of fear every day. So <laughs> I feel them both, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like between them both all the time. But, uh, you know, my goal, like I said, is like, God, can we be 80, 20, can we be 80, 20 in everything mm. in our diet and our fear and love, uh, seesaw in, in everything like that to me is just a beautiful life. So well said. Great, great way to end. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for just your joy and your energy. It is such a pleasure to connect with you. And I really do wish you the best with everything that you do. Putting my hands together by my head. Allie, thank you. <laughs> well, there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. I want to let you know where you can find Josh Trent if you'd like to connect with him further. Of course, first and foremost, check out his podcast on iTunes, Wellness Force with Josh Trent incredible content. He interviews some of the the biggest people in the wellness field and emotional intelligence. And I know that that will really align with our audience. You can also find him on Instagram at Wellness Force and Josh Trent, as well as on Facebook. He's got an awesome, uh, really active uh, Facebook group. Um, so you can check that out at Wellness Force. You can look that up. You can join his Facebook group and you'll get a lot of really great content there as well. So I want to say again, one more time, a massive thank you for joining us for this episode. We would love to hear from you on Instagram, any of your takeaways and inspirations, because I know and I'm positive that you took away so much from hearing Josh today. Thank you for joining us and I will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. But don't let this conversation stop here. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.